Welcome to episode 313 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got a cool one. We've got two of the members of Bound by Ears with us. A great metal band out of the Colorado area. I'm going to talk to Sean and Chance here in just a bit coming up. But before we do that, of course, we got to let you know who we're sponsored by. And that would be Hella Hot Hot Sauce. A hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check everything out on their website at hellahothotsauce.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well, which is also Hella Hot Hot Sauce. If you're on the West Coast, they sell them in a lot of stores out there. So get on the website to find out where you can buy the stuff. And if you're anywhere else, you can order it right there online as well. We've had some. We've had some of the Florida Franks Florida Heat, and it is hot as hell, but it is flavorful. We definitely need to let you know that if you're sensitive to heat, this might not be for you, but if you like some hot sauce, I promise you, you'll love the hot sauces from Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Check them out online and tell them we sent you. DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They brought a ton of great shows to the downtown Tulsa area. Stuff like Saxon, Last in Line, Sebastian Bach, Warrant, Lita Ford, all kinds of great stuff. They also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year, and they've brought some great acts out there as well, such as Ace Freely and Slaughter. And we'll be talking about that once the announcement's made for Rocklahoma this coming September. But until then, we need to let you know that the show we've been talking about for a couple months on April 10th with Queensryche. Lita Ford, The Bullet Boys, and Nita Strauss has, of course, been postponed, like everything else these days. And we got word from Doug to just mention that, hey, he keeps booking shows, but COVID keeps postponing them. So they'll keep trying, and eventually we'll get back to having shows. So follow debconcerts.com, or get on that website, debconcerts.com, and follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so you can be kept up to date on any of these reschedules from that show and any of the previous ones that got postponed as well. And we'll, of course, keep you up to date here as well. Also, we've got Sunset Tattoo, tattoo shop based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Midtown Tulsa. Give them a call or shoot them a message to set up a time that you can get in there to talk to Jake what work you want to have done. They do great work. We know people personally that have had work done. And in fact, maybe here in an episode or two, you might get to hear from one of us about about that. You never know. You never know. But until then, get on Sunset Tattoo Tulsa Facebook page or at Sunset Tattoo on Instagram. You can see all the pictures of all their work. It's great. They do great work. Check out Sunset Tattoo Tulsa and tell them that we sent you. And finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma. 24683 is Tire 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. All their selection, which is pretty large, is available to see right on leafly.com. <clears throat> if you shoot them a message via email or text or give them a call, you can place your order ahead of time. Then all you have to do is drive right through their drive through quick and easy. They also have specials that they're always running on their social medias, so follow them on Facebook. Medfarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram is MedfarmOK. Their website's MedfarmOK.com. And if you mention Thunder Underground, 
they give you 10% off your first order, which is great. And what is really great is 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Can't stress that enough that that's a great reason to get over there to support them because they're supporting animals that need help. Definitely worth your your drive because we know there's dispensaries all over the place. So there's a good reason to choose Med Farm. So get over there and tell them you heard about them here. All right. So like I said, we've got Sean Gonzalez and Chance Douglas coming up here from Bound by Years in just a bit. But first, we're going to talk about a couple things. First, something real quick I just wanted to throw out. I saw today that they announced the release date for Bodum After Midnight. Oh, yeah, I did see that. April 23rd. Late, late, late today, yeah. Yeah, so there's a note for you guys. April 23rd, we'll get the EP, which it's only three songs, and I don't know if those are the only three songs they recorded. or. Mm-hmm. But the thing I read said that, that his initial plan was to release an EP first, like they're doing now, and then a full-length album later in the year. But I don't know if that album got recorded or not. So anyway, in the time being, we'll get at least three more tracks from Alexi here coming up in about three months. So right. something cool to look for to continue celebrating the legacy of one of Metal's great guitarists. So look for that if you're a Bodum fan. But if you're also a Metal fan, you might have saw the news today. At this point every year, at least... Even before this podcast started, you know, me and you would always geek out and just yeah argue about it. Right. And now that we've got the podcast, seems like a couple times a year. Usually, when the nominees come out, and then whenever the they pick the the actual selections come out, yeah. we yeah. sit here and bitch and complain, just like everybody that's a rock or metal fan seems to do. Exactly. Um, this morning when we were texting about you know the nominees and what we were going to talk about and. Oh, and you know, you kind of said the half jokingly, but it's the truth is, oh, wow, you know, and it's just going to take us to the same old conversation. <laughs> and that's what it's going to do. And we already started it off before you hit record. Right. Um, well, hold on. We didn't it, even mention we're talking about the Rock on the Hall of Fame. Oh, I which thought, I assume you guys would know. But right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. I got ahead of myself, but you get well, the so idea. did I, I think. And, and, anyways. Um, and so we were talking about ways to a uh, slant to put on it, and the only slant I was going to put on it was, okay, well, Iron Maiden's nominated, but they won't get in. Uh, we all know how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame works. Next, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's you know? your slant. Okay. You no, know? I mean it's it's uh, you know, be- and then you know, next topic. But at the same time, I know we have to talk about it, and it it leads us to talking about more shit. So it's frustrating, but it's. We can't not talk about it because it's we're music geeks, we're rock geeks, and it just it, it doesn't fucking matter. We end up fucking talking about it anyway. So yeah, we'll yeah, see. You know. the The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has gotten better in recent years right. in what they're doing, but still, there's no excuse for some of the bands that aren't in there and some of the bands that took. You know, even if they're getting better. Still, it shouldn't have taken Kiss and Rush as long as it did, or you know, Deep Purple. Yep. And it shouldn't uh, have taken. Goddamn, Thin Lizzy's still not there. Yeah. Then I mean, the impact that band had them. I mean, Motorhead isn't like a commercial giant, but the impact Lemmy had on millions of musicians, right? Alone should have that band in there. I, I still, I, obviously, Judas. That'll Priest. happen one day. Yeah, I think it will after Priest and Maiden. Um. 
Is Cheap Trick in there yet? No. Unless unless they got in the past two years and I forgot. No. I They might have got in, in the past couple years. Because I that used to be one of my go tos mm-hmm. <laughs> of like, fuck this place. They let in Green Day, but not right, right. Cheap Trick. And I mean Green Day, as popular as they were, to me, is not influential in the least. You know, outside yeah. of maybe well, maybe there's some I mean, other I don't pop, know. They might have. They might have influenced. Like, if you want to do it, see here we go. <laughs> if you want to do, and it's I fucking love it. If you want to do Green Day over just because of popularity and sales and whatever, okay, you know, well, yeah, whatever. But it, who they influence? Blink One Eighty Two. I don't know. Fuck yeah, off. That's what I'm thinking. It's and, like, and I'm not saying that is a diss because I like a lot of Green Day stuff, and I really don't give a shit who knows or who cares, you know. But it's just that's the fact. Yeah. But I'm, you know, the whole argument of like, well, they fucking put in, who am I, th- you know, Tupac. Well, he's not in there yet, I don't think. But like, or you say rappers, Dr. Dre, whatever, right, are in there and people bitch about that. Madonna's in there, whoever. I'm like, these, you know, when you think of the term rock and roll, going back to the origins of rock and roll, it is wide encompassing. So I can get it, and you know we've also made that argument. It should just be called the Music Hall of Fame at this point. Yeah, it should. But if you're going to include all this stuff, it's like you can't. And they they don't totally ignore the genre, but they do for the most part because I mean Metallica rightfully got in there as soon as they could. Yeah, and other bands are in there now. You know, ACDC yeah. got in there I think as soon as they were eligible. <clears throat> well, it, 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 yeah, I mean, and a lot of people have that. But when it comes to actual metal, it's that's right. pretty much it. I mean, you've got, what, Def Leppard and Bon Jovi in there now, but those aren't really metal, but they're still at least in the hard rock realm, you know? Right. And I think to, to what you just said a minute ago, um, a lot of people a lot of people have the red ass about rap and hip-hop being in there. I don't. No. I mean, it's it, it's it, it's pop culture. It's, it, it's, you know, anything that we, you saw on MTV – Anything that you saw on pop radio and even got into rock radio, yeah, it's all the shit we grew up with. I mean, it's the same thing as you know Led Zeppelin and the Supremes back in the day or whatever. Yeah, you know it, it doesn't that doesn't bother me. And I think the people that uh, really have a fucking problem with that, I think there's like a deeper thing there. But that's you know for another podcast or another time. Um, well, it's the same people that say. You know, see a band like Megadeth opening for Five Finger Death Punch and say, my God, that shouldn't happen. And it's like, exactly. you know, in a grand, great world, maybe not. But it's like one band is way more commercially viable these days than the other. Mm-hmm. And Megadeth would be dumb not to go out on that tour, you know? Right. <laughs> You're exactly right. And that's where, that's when you, that's when you have to put your fandom aside, your hate for a band aside and have to use your fucking, that hairy thing on your shoulders. (laughs) Use your logic, you know, that probably was a great tour for Megadeth. Yeah. So they, you know, they make money from going on tour and I'm sure they made a lot of fucking, they sold a lot of merch and so made a lot of money off of that and got exposed to people that usually are not exposed to Megadeth. So see, I love this. This is where the tangents take us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I, I have no problem with, I, I, I think Public Enemy should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Just as much as fucking Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if you don't like that, then you can turn off the podcast. I don't care. But yeah, That's I mean, I think I th- for, feel. 
Yeah, because that band is extremely influential, and I, I mean, I think that's where it should start there before, and then it can go into popularity. But right. I mean, I think when you know, like Nine Inch Nails finally got in this past year. Nine Inch Nails should have got in the second they were eligible. Right? I, yeah, because because they, of the influence, and same with mm-hmm. Ministry hasn't even been up for induction. That's and fucked. The, too, the influence because... that band had on. You know, even more so than Nine Inch Nose, but Nine Inch Nose was the one that took it to the next right, level. Right. And, and, and therein, right there, those two bands is a perfect example of those are two bands I could care less about. Right. Those are two bands I'd never want to hear in my life. I cannot get into them, but I can also say they should be in and they are very influential and they're very big artists. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I hate the cure. <clears throat> they should see, be in there 100%. There you, yeah. So there you go. And I mean, um, you look at like, it goes back to argument with, you know, about Rush and Kiss and all that stuff. I mean, Alice Cooper should have been in there before he was eligible because the impact he had on creating a whole fucking genre of music. Right. And then it took them what, I think it was like 12 years past his eligibility date to get in there. Yeah. And that's the same thing we're dealing with Iron Maiden now is they, they were, elig- they've been eligible since for the past 16 years because their what? first album was 1980, right? I think so. Yeah, so they... Yeah, because yeah, they still on the radio. It's been 16 years. Yeah, and, you're eligible 25 years from your first single or first album or right. whatever. And he, here's here's something, before we get into the whole Iron Maiden thing, because I think that'll be a whole other th- section that we, we go on to. Yeah. The, and we kind of touched on it here, so I want to really talk about it, is the new band's getting in before the the newer bands getting in before the older bands um and and i know that that is you know it, it is a travesty that fucking thin lizzie's not in there yet i just looked up cheap trick was inducted in 2016 okay i was so thinking it might have happened yeah we're good on that deal but you know it, it, you know motorhead's not in yet you know and i understand that but also i have to figure like you know what i mean Dude, fucking heart's not in there yeah, I know. See, that's fucked. I get it. I get it. But it also, you know what? You know, I'm older, and the bands that are newer are older. So it's almost like, you know, I I think, you know, the Foo Fighters. This is their first year in. Um, yeah, it sucks that other bands haven't got in yet. But I mean, I you know, I would put the Foo Fighters in. I think they belong in there, um, you know. So it's like if it was up to me, I would just make sure. Oh, Thin Lizzy, Motorhead, Foo Fighters, yeah, they're all in. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you know, I think Rage Against the Machine. I think Rage Against the Machine should be in there before the Foo Fighters. Right. Um. And so I've kind of backed off of that whole. You know, I, I'm not so. I, yeah, I understand there should be probably some seniority. But I've kind of backed off of it a little bit because, I mean, I don't know if a band's deserving, a band's deserving. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I I still am on the fence about Green Day. I don't know. You know, I don't really see that they're that influential. But but I can get wanting to wanting to put in Foo Fighters, wanting to get them in there, wanting to get in Rage. So that's kind of my point before we get into the whole Iron Maiden mountain here. Right. But the... Yeah, I 100% agree that the Foo Fighters should be in there mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, what they're, you know, they're going to put in, you know, bands or artists. They're always going to have someone in there that at least brings attention. Yeah. And the Foo Fighters, 
are basically what I mean. I think they're the biggest rock band of the past 10, 20 years besides Metallica, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I can't unless I'm just completely forgetting something. When it comes and across the board, they're probably more popular than Metallica when it yeah. comes to just your average, yeah, because, just an average person that doesn't listen to heavier music. Yeah, because when any when any time rock is represented on an award show. Who do they call? They call Dave Grohl and they call the Foo Fighters. They don't right. call Metallica. Sometimes they call Metallica, but it's usually, you know, the Foo Fighters. But at the same time, what you just said, should the Foo Fighters be in there before Alice in Chains and Soundgarden? Absolutely not. See, that's and that's a good but, point. But I understand why why they're on the list and yeah. they should be on the list. And I mean, should Alice in Chains and Soundgarden get in there before... Iron Maiden or Priest, no, but right. they have a right just as much to be in there, you know, as yeah. Nirvana or Pearl Jam or whoever else is in there. Exactly. Because they were, they were more influential, I think, on, especially Alice in Chains, more influential on people that came after them. Oh, man. Than Foo Fighters ever have been. Exactly. I mean, well, even Soundgarden too, because I mean, you hear like a ton of guys now, I mean, they probably didn't like set out to sound that way, but a lot of guys have that sound, that Cornell kind of sound. Yeah. And Alice in Chains especially hear that in all across music. Yeah. You know? you Something know. I thought of like on a random side note is when it comes when it comes to eligibility now, that means pretty much anyone that came out in well, if you came out in nineteen ninety five now or nineteen ninety five and uh-huh. before you're eligible. Yeah. So and I know, you know, most people have a hard time grasping anything past their like 18th birthday as being relevant. Exactly. You know, yeah, and, that's a good point. And know? so, and but that's, that's, that's sad. And when I think of anything past the Foo Fighters that came out post 1995, that should be in the hall of fame. Mm. The first thing that comes to my mind is a rapper and that's Eminem. Right. Like he should be in the day he's eligible because of, even though he oh, didn't, man. he didn't, he didn't like revolutionize anything, but he took everything that was already, NWA yeah. and Public Enemy like brought to the forefront. Yep. And then took he it to a whole nother level. Blew it up. Took it it was already mainstream and he took it to another somehow took it to another level. Right. Right. Yeah. He definitely should be in. So uh, anyway, I, I can't believe now. someone hadn't nominated him yet. That's insane. Well he's he's not eligible yet. I think his first album was like ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight. What? I thought it was earlier than that. No, nah, it was like late nineties. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah. Tells you tells you how how much I pay attention. <laughs> but but the point I was trying to make earlier came to me was, you know, Foo Fighters are nominated this year, and this is another thing that the Rock Hall does that irks the shit out of me, is Foo Fighters just happen to be nominated this year, and they have a new album out. <laughs> uh, same thing happened with Metallica. Oh, well, Death Magnetic's out. Well, let's let's see. Let's get the, with the Rock Hall. The Rock Hall's getting with us. Let's see what we can do this year. But do you and, think... And I think... That I, that's a thing, I think. And I, and I don't like that aspect of it. You think if they didn't have that album out, they wouldn't be nominated this first year? No. No, I think... Ah. Or, or like maybe... I don't know. Like maybe maybe they would be nominated but not get in. But it's just... I've noticed that with a few artists. Okay. You know, and, and, and it makes me wonder... But at the same time, they are deserving, so... But, I mean, let's not fucking kid ourselves. Foo Fighters are getting in. Yeah. There's no... Dave Grohl's on the nominating committee, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So there's no there's no way they're not getting in. And at and the same fine. time, it's like if Maine doesn't get in, which they probably won't, but like... No, they won't. Y- you know, it's like, at least, 
Regardless, we know they should be in there before the Foo Fighters, but at least there's a rock band going in. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Regardless of, I mean, fucking Molly Crew should be in there, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's so, a, tons of other people I'm forgetting that, you know, because I used to have this list in my head, but I kind of stopped caring a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so then let's get into the Iron Maiden shit here. Well, see, okay, then my slant, what I told you is like, I was thinking, well, let's have the discussion of who should get in, but then okay. I, I didn't, I forgot or just didn't realize that now when they announce the nominees, they also announce if that artist or band gets in, and it, or if that band, if it's a band and they get in, they already announce who is going in. Right. And I saw the list and it was, you know, so I'm like, well, then there goes that discussion, but I guess there still is a discussion because you said you were listening to Eddie Trunk and he was talking about it. But it's like they announced Maiden, and they announced that their inductees would be the six current members. Yeah, along with <clears throat> the three the three guys from the you know the first two albums: Paul Diano, Clive Burr, and Dennis Stratton. Right. Which okay is you know is what I was hoping it would be. Right. But then there's that discussion of like okay, so Dennis Stratton gets in and he's on one album, but Blaze Bailey was on two albums. And he's a vocalist, which is the front man. And sure, those two albums in the grand scheme of things mean jack shit, you know. But at the same time, like, you know, when we kind of shortly, we didn't really discuss it, but Jason Carroll threw in his opinion. And it was like, it's a little bit different. You know, I mean, when you think of replacement singers, most times they don't get in unless it's like a Sammy Hagar or a Brian Johnson. Right. You know, or someone yeah. that had significant success. Exactly. But Blaze Bailey, even though in the grand scheme of history is a footnote to most people, it's like Iron Maiden has such a insane fan base that, especially outside of America, when you get to Europe, these people still freaking love that guy and love those albums. And like Jason said, on this past couple years, on this past tour, they were playing those songs again with Bruce singing them. <sighs> So it's like, there's an argument there, but at the same time, there's no argument that he should be in over Dennis Stratton just because Dennis Stratton played on the first album, and that album is way more influential in the grand scheme of things than anything those two albums Blaze did. <laughs> well, here and here's my thing is, like, those, in my opinion, which I guess, I, I don't know, in my opinion, I don't think Blaze Bailey should be inducted. I think... Doesn't mean it's right, but in, I am of the opinion of that the two albums that did with Blaze Bailey are fucking terrible, and it's not just because Blaze Bailey's voice is not my thing. I do not like it. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just saying that's not my thing. I don't like his voice. But on top of that, I thought the music is uninspired. I thought it was getting a little tired, and it just didn't have any oomph. Those records didn't have any oomph, and like the production was kind of you know, like it was kind of numb. It was kind of like you know it was rounded off. It had no edge to it. <clears throat> and there's no fucking way that the Rock Hall um, had that same thought. They don't know jack shit about shit. They 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 just listen to who's on their nominating committee. Right. Okay. So. I know that, the, you know, and there's inconsistencies, you know, why should Robert Trujillo get in and Blaze Bailey not, whatever, whatever. It just happened to be that, you know, um, 
the inconsistencies lined up this time because right. I, in my opinion, because those records are fucking terrible and I do not like them. And it's like, you know, Ripper Owens is a great fucking singer. He's a great fucking singer, you know? So I, I, I those records with the priest did with him have fucking energy. So, you know, I would be understanding of that more than this, but it's the same exact thing. Two albums. Oh, I know. I know. From I'm a just guy saying. Placed for it me, in a footnote, kind of in history now. Yeah. You know? For me, and if Priest so ever gets in, if Priest gets Ripper's in, not going to get in. Yeah, if Priest gets in. Ripper should not get in if Blaze does not get in. Even though I love Ripper tenfold more, I love Blaze. Right, 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 right. Well, he won't Be- because the like you just said that my problem with it is is that there's no consistency to how they bring people in. Right. When original, there used to be a long time ago. They stated that. You know, if a band had multiple members, as long as they, you know, performed on an album, then they were eligible to go in. And it's like, and that, and that, yeah, well, you know, there's some obviously, but it's like you can't really say you can't put strict rules on it either because you can't say original lineup because Iron Maiden, that wouldn't make any sense. Judas Priest, that wouldn't make any sense. Right. Metallica, that wouldn't make any sense. Or you, I mean, if you well, what if you said original lineup on the first album, but then you can't say classic lineup because then exactly. with ACDC, what's the classic lineup? Which one? Yeah, I know because they're both Is it the classic. back and black lineup? Is it the Highwood Hill lineup? Well, when ACDC got in, was Bon Scott posthumously inducted? I'm sure he was. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't remember. What about, it... you know, and see, then there's the thing about like, you know, Kiss. Eric Carr should probably fucking be in there. Well, yeah, they put in, with Kiss, they put in the four guys. The four, yeah. And there should have been two or three other guys probably in there, but it's like, and then with other, you know, with Deep Purple, they rightfully put in like nine people. But it's like, then there's the question of, what if, say, down the line, Megadeth got in? Where the fuck that, do you I go? don't know, because it's been so... There's no... Like, where do you even start there? There's like, a... what if White Snake ever made it? What the fuck yeah. are you going to do about that? Yeah. There's been 80 goddamn people in that band. But it's like, yeah, it's the same thing for both yeah. those bands. It's like, then you say the classic lineup, which would be the Rest in Peace countdown lineup. But then it's like, well, what about the original lineup? Yep, exactly. You know, it's like, then yeah. if you put in the original lineup, what about the guys that were on, you know, Peace Cells or whatever? Yeah. You know, so it's like... But it, I don't think we have to worry. I don't think Megadeth. <laughs> if, if they do, I, we're I gonna. Know. If we have that conversation, it'll be 19 years from now. Dude, look, look. I'll tell you this right now. Slayer will get in before mark, Megadeth. Yeah, mark my words. Mark my words. I'll promise you this. If Megadeth gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Trent will open an OnlyFans account. All right. That's, there you go. That's cool because that probably won't even exist whenever <laughs> they get in. <laughs> because. There's a lot of bands that should get in, you know, just because we love them or because they were influential in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, the whole argument for like Megadeth or Anthrax is like way down the list compared to Maiden, Priest, Motorhead. Yeah. And even Motley Crue. Right. You know, whether you like Motley Crue over Megadeth is irrelevant because Motley Crue had way more influence and way more commercial success than Megadeth. Yeah. But still, I don't know why I'm. Well, arguing against Megadeth, but I'm just saying. It's just, we could go on and on, you know. Yeah. But, but I, I, and it's, I don't know, this could be all for naught because I don't know if even Iron Maiden will make it in. But see, you said you don't think they will at all. I think of any of these bands like that, I mean, Priest had a fairly strong showing in the fan vote. And right. I think that Maiden 
could do even better because of their rabid fan base around the world. Yeah. Could, See, it, could They could win the fan vote, which would then convince a few other people to well, vote for him on the well committee. the fan vote only counts as like one official vote well yeah i know what i'm saying but then they could I know, say but i know what you, you mean. could get a few other people from the committee that might not be as like akin to what's going on with maiden around the world right and then to see that they won the fan vote and think okay i'll put them on my list you well and, and you know the thing the thing too is like judas priest came before maiden but like maiden is like just huge you know maiden headline stadiums yeah. And Judas Priest isn't quite there. Uh, so, I, you know, part of me wants to say, you know, I don't know. I think Judas Priest will get in first. But maybe fucking not. I don't know. You know? And then I saw today, um, I think Metal Sucks uh, shared an article from like five years ago where Bruce Dickinson was like, I don't even want to be in there. It's just a bunch of trite Americans that don't know anything <laughs> and fuck them. I, I, I'll just, I'll just, I'll refuse it. And then like two years later, he was like, Oh, we should be in there. We did this and we did that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it's like, you never know, you know, I don't right. know. Most people don't have the balls to refuse it after it happens. You know? Right. Yeah. That, that air, that, or, you know, that rare air belongs to the sex pistols and Axl Rose, you know? Yes. Even though yeah, Axl Rose yeah. didn't technically refuse it. He just, said fuck you and didn't show up but like the sex pistols i think actually aren't in there right i i, I don't know or did they still put them in i have no idea i i cannot tell you that and like but regardless if, about you, if you're not familiar with that just google <laughs> sex pistols rock and roll fam you'll find the letter that yeah you know johnny rock but wrote or something a lot of these guys a lot of these guys you know uh, you know they down it and shit like ozzy and then once they're nominated they're like uh, maybe this could be cool. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so, because, you know, Ozzy for years is like, I don't even want to be in there. Fuck them. Yeah. And then, like, they got in there and, you know, and it was just like Boner City. So, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I don't know. We, I don't know if um, we could go on and on about this. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you're wanting to wrap it up or whatever. Um, but I, I do want to say that um, the new Foo Fighters record, that Medicine at Midnight, it's a cool record. Um, sometimes, you know, their stuff is cooler than others. I don't know. It just depends on where you fall. Yeah. But that first song on that record, I think it's called Making a Fire. What a fucking song. One of the best songs I've ever heard from that band. Wow. It's, it, you know, rocks and it's so fucking catchy. It's catchy as shit. It's like sugary, sweet, catchy. Yeah. Um, and I, we don't talk about Foo Fighters a whole lot because, you know, we're more metal dudes, whatever. But, I mean, we but love we both, Foo Fighters. We both like them, yeah. And, 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 you know, their last album was cool, but it just didn't catch me like the way that Sonic Highways did. And, you know, everybody, I didn't really get super into them until, like, their third record. And everybody was always digging them. And I didn't really come around until then. So that's a whole discussion. And this record's cool. It, it doesn't blow me out of the water. But man, that one song, that first song on that record, 100%, dude, top notch. <laughs> that's some good rock and roll. Oh, yeah. I, that's the I only just song I listened to so far. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's the only thing I wanted to say. We're good. <laughs> well, I'll wrap the whole rock hall thing up in a non metal way, real quick. You mentioned the Supremes earlier, and Mary Wilson passed away, mm -hmm. I guess, at this point, two days ago now. And I just want to throw that out because. I mean, that's decidedly not hard rock or metal, but I freaking love the Springs. Right. And how can you like, like, like music and not at least appreciate that band? It's like the greatest collection of female voices of all time. Right. And it's like, 
even though, you know, Diana Ross was the freaking face of that band mm. or the, the star from that band. Mary Wilson's that freaking band, you know, the person that kept it together for all the years. You know, yeah. I did not know you were uh, so ensconced in the world of the Supremes like this. This is new. I'm learning something new. Well, it's like I've I've for years, many, many years, probably 10, 15 years, I've had like Motown playlists. Okay. But they're like the only them and the Temptations and maybe Smokey Robinson are the ones that like I would really like delve deep into outside of just the a few hit songs, you know. Gotcha. But yeah. Well, good, good. You That's know, a good way to end it. Then. I officially believe you keep me hanging on is in top ten songs of all time. So. What is the number one song of all time? I don't know. I've never really thought it through. Hey, well, I know my favorite song of all time is Night Train by Guns N' Roses, but I don't know that. <laughs> I think that's the greatest hard rock song of all time, but I, the greatest song of all time, I don't know. Well, think about that and get back to me in the next podcast. Okay. I want an answer. Okay. Because okay. I can, I'm, I can differentiate between favorite and best. best. Because I know you can. That's why I asked. Because with Metallica, I think my favorite, well, my favorite song about Metallica is Battery. But their greatest song is Master Puppets. I see. I see. I get that. I get yeah. that. That's that's good that you have that ability. That's a skill that most people should be able to have. But, um, you know, they've got too much uh, Reese's Pieces and Monster Energy resin stuck in their brain to <laughs> fucking understand that and, and grasp that concept. Right. In America, anyways. Right. <laughs> well, let's bring this back around now to the... The subject at, at hand here yes, on the title yes. of this podcast. Yes, back around. Which would be our guests today, which are Sean and Chance from the band Bound by Years. And Bound by Years are a band out of Denver, Colorado. And they've got a album that just came out in December called What Fate May Bring. And we talked to both of them about this album and some other stuff. Let's just jump into it. Here's Sean Gonzalez and Chance Douglas of Bound by Years. guys album what fate may bring has been out about a month what's the response been like so far from fans and friends and everybody um it, it's been great man i mean, we we sold out of our first first run of the cds we already had to order more cases and uh digitally it's been blowing up i mean uh getting played in what 26 different countries right now from what i saw last nice yeah a lot of positive reviews from everyone we know and they're really digging it so far was this album self-produced, and uh, like, like, where did you guys record this? Uh, yeah, we we produced it in uh, in Grand Junction, Colorado, at Fusion Audio Solutions. Our uh, buddy Taylor Riley is a really good producer engineer, and uh, we recorded it back in August of last year. Okay, so was was this something that was already planned for 2020, or was the pandemic, the downtime, kind of what brought this album about? Yeah. It was- we were already on the, we were trying to get time to record a full length album because we've done three EPs at this point. 
but uh, we never had time. We were just playing way too many shows and out of town and stuff like that. So we, yeah, it, it actually worked out well for us. It gave us the time to to, to really get the songs together and get get what we wanted. Talk about the writing process and getting the songs together. Um, is there one or two guys that do the main bulk of it, or does everybody chip in equally? All over the map. I mean, Sean and Johnny do. Uh, Obviously, the majority of the initial guitar stuff. Um, Chase, our singer, he he has a lot of input into the guitar stuff too. He's actually a really good guitar player himself. And then um, Dennis obviously does all his drum stuff. Uh, I just I do my bass stuff, and then Chase and I kind of um, go back and forth on lyric writing. Um, I think we're we're about half and half on the album of lyrics that I wrote to lyrics that Chase wrote. You've got two guitars, and talk about the the role each guy plays, and and how the two guitars play off of each other. That's all you big guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we we try to not so much play the same riff as much as you know. We try to get a lot of har- harmonies and uh, just try to just keep it different and interesting. You know, we don't try to stay in the same box as each other as much as most other bands do. I mean, do you guys share leads and everything and and rhythms? or is Yeah, it there's a couple fun? songs where we do some split leads. Um, Cycles of Fate, the opening track, has one. And uh, song number five on the album, Redemption, also has one. And uh, we're going to be trying to do that a little more with some of our new songs as well. Well, you mentioned, with the, going on. well, you mentioned with the writing process kind of being all over the place, do you guys ever, do songs ever get fleshed out by like just all five of you jamming together? Or is it? kind of want you guys bring in your stuff and work it that way, or how's that work? We have a repo thing set up. Uh, we have a private channel that we use through YouTube, and everybody just can throw up ideas there. And these guys will throw up a guitar riff, and the other one will work with it, and Dennis is able to put drums to it. I, I think one of the most interesting things that happened with the new album was the uh, we wrote one of the songs with our singer being out of state. I, you know, we were, we were writing it. Sean just did a rough recording of it in our jam space. And then we sent it to him. And while we were still there practicing, Chase was able to write lyrics to it, send it back to us. Right. It's kind of like a new day and age, huh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that, it, it was still kind of weird to me because yeah, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been unheard of. Right. Exactly. Talk about, I really dug the song Vitals. That that kind of hit me straight away. Talk about that song and, and uh, you know, what it's about or how it came about. I, I really dig that song. Um, the original, that song was uh, not, a, not a remake. It was our song, but we completely redid it once Chase came into the band. Uh, he, was, he was our second uh, person to be a singer in, in Down By Ears. Okay. When he came in, we the song used to be called Addiction. And then... Uh, Chase came in and completely rewrote the lyrics and everything. And uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the the basis of it is addiction. I just I I don't think I can actually speak to exactly what what Chase was was going through when he wrote that. If it was about people in general going through addiction or himself, I'm not entirely sure. I noticed uh, you guys had a kind of like a album release even though it wasn't a show it was kind of like a meet and greet thing like how did that how did that work out 
it, it was awesome. But it was cold, but it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the restaurant, the Brutal Poodle out here, uh, they, uh, our drummer Dennis worked it out with them. So we were able to set up a canopy in the parking lot and sell merchandise and sell the CDs and blast the music out of people's cars. And then the Brutal Poodle gave us a roll of tickets. So anybody that bought from us could go and get food because their patio was still open. And uh, yeah, I think it was like 28 degrees that day, but people were coming out. <laughs> that's cool. Is that like a, something you guys thought up or did they approach you about that? Because that's kind of a, you know, a unique way to do things in this pandemic we're going through. Right. That was our uh, drummer Dennis's idea. Um, he had been emailing back and forth with the owner of that place and thought it would be a good idea. So he brought it to us and we went about it and turned out pretty cool. Yeah, we were actually told by the, uh, the managers there that other bands out here had seen what we were doing. <laughs> they've, they've already been hit up. They've got a few emails. The fans want to do the same thing now. So that was really cool. <laughs> that. That's that's a great way to stay on on everyone's radar. Uh, if you can't play shows, I mean, I, I know that some shows happen. H- have you guys are are you going to play any shows? Or are you going to wait till wait till you know way later in the year? It it'll probably be more more this summer when when, when we start playing again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, right now with everything, it's just it's uh, the places that are open out here. Uh, it's it's kind of I wouldn't want to say not worth it, but it's just you know when they're at such a limited capacity and a lot of people don't want to go to the shows, it just it kind of doesn't make sense for us to you know to take the time off of work and stuff like that to do it. Right. So right now we're pretty much just focused on a uh, uh, writing maybe a second EP or possibly even a second album. We already got a couple songs worked out for it, so new things are coming. Yeah, Johnny has not ever stopped writing. I, I, I was working on my house for, for a couple of weeks and missed some practices. I came back and they got a four to seven songs they're working on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess with this, I mean, with everything we're going on, it gives you, like, kind of like you said, with it gave you more time to work out everything on the album. So it's kind of giving you more of a time to be more prolific and bring even more music out here in 2021 possibly absolutely yeah and uh uh yeah we we just we before the covid happened uh, we were we were ridiculously busy it was almost like it never stopped two to three shows a month <laughs> yeah we would do like mini tours all over the place i mean we literally the last run we did was with uh head PE. And, uh, yeah, we were with them for a few shows. And I think, yeah, last show we played was uh, February 22nd. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of that was kind of our next question was, you know, how was your trajectory, your trajectory, excuse me, before the pandemic? And, you know, how busy were you guys? So um sounds like you guys were pretty active. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely nonstop because everybody still had their full-time jobs you know a few of us have kids you know it, it was it was we were gone a lot <laughs> right right you know in denver uh how was the metal scene or the music scene in general is, is it healthy uh you know in general times not during a pandemic oh yeah the, the metal scene is 
Denver and Colorado is amazing. It's, okay. it's not not even just music, the, the people in general. I mean, I moved to Colorado from California 10 years ago, and, uh, you know, there's a pretty good metal scene out there, too. But, yeah, everybody in this scene is just so cool. They all look after each other. Like, you know, I love it because they prove the stereotype wrong. You know, everybody you know, doesn't listen to metal that look at metalheads and just these angry guys. It's so funny. I've brought friends that don't listen to metal to shows. They're like, these are the nicest guys. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how they all are. <laughs> Everybody's really friendly and laid back in the scene out here. Really supportive, too. It's awesome. Yeah, all the bands out here help each other out big time. Good, good. I mean, looking forward into this year, do you guys have any other plans as far as ways to keep promoting yourself and keeping your guys out on people's radar when you can't be out playing shows? Yeah, um, we're, we try to stay really, really active on social media. I mean, I probably isn't the six hours that goes by that I don't see Sean posting something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's been pretty good about that. And uh, if if things calm down, we are scheduled to uh, play a show, I think, uh, or at a um, festival in, what is that, Texas? In Texas. Yeah, in the on, end May, of, on May 1st. Yeah. You said in May? That's a, or- May first, yeah. Okay. Fine fest. Yeah. We're at fingers crossed on that. So you know, hopefully, yeah, the pandemic doesn't ruin that. So right, they're they're doing that right up right outside the Fort Worth. Okay. I I think as the year goes on, I think it's just gonna it it might be slow, but I think everything's gonna get better this year. I mean, I hope, anyways. <laughs> yeah. You, you and me both, man. I, yeah. uh, this is the longest time that I haven't been on stage since I was 14. You right. know? Well, kind of speaking of that, like, how did you guys, I mean, this is kind of a basic question, I guess, but kind of like, how did you guys end up forming? Were you guys, have you guys been friends a long time or was it kind of just a, a you know, guys from the music scene getting together? How'd that work out? Um, A buddy of mine that uh, we came out to Colorado at different times, but we had, growing up together and played in all different bands together and uh we ended up starting starting the band and um dennis and i the drummer we were playing in another band together at the time too actually it was a rock reggae band um and then dennis was playing in a a grindcore band too and uh so we asked dennis to to come and fill in on drums and then we brought in another uh, first singer mike and uh um we had to part ways with Mike and a buddy of mine actually came to a, came to a show before we let Mike go. And, uh, his buddy wanted to come and check out a metal thing. Cause he just moved here from Texas and he watched us play and said, he wishes he could sing for a band like that. And my buddy told Chase that, uh, well, I think they're doing tryouts and he tried out the next night and had the job. And, uh, what Sean, Sean replaced our original rhythm guitar player a little over a year ago or something like that. Almost, it'll be two years now, coming in this February, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I randomly was just looking for random people to jam with, and I noticed uh, Dennis on Facebook, his his profile picture was him playing the drums, and he's in the same like neighborhood as me, so I sent him a message, and that's when he told me that they were looking for a second guitar player, and uh, come an audition, and I went down there, and we just we gelled pretty well and it was weird it was like we were already homies kind of we were already like 
on the same page as far as music ideas and just similar interests. Yeah, we think Sean was spying on us for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good when that chemistry's instant like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, him, him, him and Johnny just—they—they uh, they work so well together. They really just—they they learn from each other. You know, probably the two best guitar players I work with. If you're into, that they neither one of them have any kind of ego. You know, they're they're all about helping out other musicians and helping out the other band members to to better themselves. You know, Johnny's not the guy that either is Sean that will be. Oh yeah, I wrote that or or I thought of that something like that. You know, they'll always be the guys like, Look, man, look at that, you did it, you know. That's awesome. I mean, one of the the beauty of bringing several people together is all the the influences kind of melding together to form a sound like but is there any bands or artists that like all of you guys agree on completely it's like a shared influence for everybody i mean we all love kill switch engage yeah yeah i mean we, we all we all appreciate the same same bands in the, the metal world and everything but i think we all kind of have a different favorite yeah, that's for sure. Right. Um, for me, it's, I like 80s thrash metal, like Metallica, Testament, Anthrax, that type of stuff. Yes. And I and I feel as if uh, Johnny likes newer metal, like a lot of the Gent stuff. Yeah. Trivium, that type of stuff, you know? Yeah, and I, my hero is my favorite band of all time, Brian Martini, the bass player for Bud Day. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mud Bay, my my kind of tied with uh, them and uh, Parkway Drive. Yeah, and Dennis loves uh, Pantera. Oh, yeah. He, he has two Pantera flags up behind his drum kit in our studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of a good cross-section of yeah metal from the 80s to now. Yeah, and then everybody has really strange backgrounds outside of metal that kind of show up in there every now and then, you know. Dennis on drums, he's played everything from country and every form of metal you can think of. Like I said, he played in a reggae band with me. I've been in multiple reggae bands. So, you know, I've been in, back in California, I was in a band that was kind of like Evanescence. Uh, Johnny and Sean's guitar genres are just all over the freaking map. Yeah, anything with guitar growing up, I love just listening to it and trying to figure out different ways to go about making cool riffs up you know chance speaking of mud vein what do you think about these rumors recently of them possibly getting back together which i don't think is going to happen personally but <laughs> i when i saw it i couldn't stop smiling man I, oh if that happened i i i told the band if they're coming through here we are playing on that show with them i don't care what i have to do <laughs> <laughs> we are getting on that show i i think the last time i saw those guys was in Ventura, California, it's like 2002, and they were with uh, uh, Taproot. Oh wow, nice, nice. I'm from Ventura, yeah. so that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, we saw them at the Ventura Theater. Yeah. So, why do you, Trent? Why do you not think it's going to happen? Do they hate each other or something? Because I don't know. Well, just because Chad Gray's uh, always made a point to say it's not going to happen. Oh, that doesn't okay. really mean anything. <laughs> Yeah, with the uh, with the the outpour of people that are just 
really, really wanting it. Hopefully they'll put their guns away and get back to work, you know? Right. You know, there's a lot of people that wish they would do that. And on top of that, I don't think, from what I understand, I don't think Hell Yeah is going to be doing another album. Right. I think they they were planning on calling it quits after after the tour for this album, and then I don't even know if they're going to finish up the tour if COVID continues up. So yeah. it might be something that they're willing to make peace with each other. I know the big issue was between Chad Gray and Greg Trebek because Greg got kicked out of Hell Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, but in really just off the top of my head, they're like the one band that hasn't gotten back together. <laughs> you know, right. so so yeah. it's like I guess it's their time. Yeah, and you know, obviously everybody's seen it. You know, it's just you can't you can't go on social media right now without seeing something about is this mudbane thing happening. Yeah. You know, every metal out talking about it. So you, you don't get that much attention on it if uh, if people don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and have you seen what Ryan Martini does now? No. Their bass player, he's in a a, a jazz funk fusion band called Soften the Glare. Well, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so funny because they're like look like dudes playing jazz that should have been at Woodstock or something like that. And then Ryan sits there all tatted up, doing his normal butt face paces and everything like that, just running all over the place. When these well, these old dudes are just jamming out to jazz and funk, I'm just like, oh, you know. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Right. Well, and you know, that guy's so good, I, it doesn't surprise me. That's the one thing about Mudvayne that always stood out to me was the rhythm section for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I uh what uh the drummer and and Greg, their guitar player, uh Brat and Greg, they have another band uh, what is that, Audiotopsy, I think. Yeah, they the drummer and the, the guitar player, they started a band together too. Right, right. Okay. Kind of bringing this back around to you guys for a minute. We talked about trajectory you guys had before the pandemic and what you're kind of looking at doing this year. Like, how do you, I mean, I know everybody's kind of in the same boat, but how do you look at trying to get back that momentum you guys had with all the shows we were playing pre-pandemic once everything opens back up here in the coming year or two? I'm I'm thinking that we're, once we get that first show out of the way, you know, I think we'll pick it up from that. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we won't be so gun shy after that. If, if that first show goes and, you know, everything settles down, then we'll probably start booking out like we did. I know that we have plans if this works out to try and tour around a bit this summer, maybe into the fall a little bit. So, but we gotta, we gotta get that first show out of the way to make sure everything goes right. Right. Do you guys keep up? Do you guys still keep up a, a pretty regular practice schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we try to practice every Monday. Yeah, cool. Well, if you guys are able to, once you're able to get out and do a tour, hopefully you guys make it somewhere near our way. We'd love to see you. Yeah, that would be awesome. We'd love to play in Oklahoma. My yeah. cousin actually lives out there, Crystal Carnes. <laughs> That's actually how I found out about you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I know that Oklahoma and Texas and that, that area, that's we've gone all the way to the West at this point. So now we're trying to change direction. Okay. Yeah, we did, you know, Arizona, California, we played Vegas, Wyoming, all that, Montana. So we just, yeah, we're looking to go a different direction this summer. Awesome. Well, I hope that works out. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, guys, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. There you go. Chance and Sean from Bound by Years. A huge thank you to both of them for taking some time out there to talk to us about what they've got going on. Sometimes this is where we thank the publicist, but I would throw a thank you out to Crystal Carnes because she's the one that turned me on to this band. She's actually the cousin of Sean Gonzalez, and she hosts Marriage on the Rocks podcast, so check that out. So huge thank you to Crystal for the recommendation, and huge thank you to Sean and Chance for taking some time out there to talk to us about it. that album, What Fate May Bring, so check that out. It's on Spotify, pretty much everywhere you can check out music. So give these guys a follow, check them out, some great metal out of the Colorado area. And once the pandemic starts dying down, like they said, hopefully we can see them on the road because I would love to check these guys out live. So Definitely. All right. I think we had a lot of talk beforehand, so yeah, time to wrap this thing up. If you're listening to us for the first time, we greatly appreciate it. We've got, as you can tell, over 300 previous episodes. We talked a bit there in that episode, in that interview with Sean and Chance about Kill Switch Engage, and we had Mike D on this podcast from Kill Switch in 2019. So that was very cool. We've also had on guys from Seven Dust, Avatar, The Black Dahlia Murder, Testament, Life of Agony. Who are some other heavy bands we've had on here? Battlecross. Jesus, did you say Crowbar? I did not. Crowbar, um, goddamn, Black Dahlia Murder. I said that. See, I, I don't, <laughs> goddamn. Um, Super Joint. I think you said Devil Driver, too. I did not, but we had. Uh, okay, well, there you go. We had Mike from Devil Driver on recently. We had on Paige Hamilton from Helmet. Yes. We've had on guys from all, all across the board, Candlebox, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard. Check it all out. You can dig through all the previous stuff on our website, thethunderunderground.com. You can listen pretty much almost everywhere podcasts are heard. So wherever you listen, subscribe to us or follow us on there so you don't miss any future episodes. All our socials are also on our Facebook, so follow us and like us on all that stuff as well. We'd greatly appreciate it. And yeah, I think that covers it. That's it. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Sunset Tattoo, DEB Concerts, and Med Farm, and Bound by Yours. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.